Hey everyone, I'm Johnny. I'm Victoria. Welcome to Tasty Pages, a podcast from Cooking the Books. Each week, we'll discuss a featured cookbook. And we'll rank each book in a variety of categories, including food photography and styling, degree of difficulty, and of course, taste. This week's featured cookbook is... Mosquito Supper Club by Melissa Martin. Hey, Johnny. Hey, Victoria. How are you? We're sitting on the floor today. <laughs> we are. We, uh, <laughs> we, we've moved our recording location. Yep. From one room to the next. Yep. And we're, we're, we're getting rid of some furniture pieces in the house, doing some decluttering. So our podcast chairs and, and surface disappeared. Yeah, we got rid of our, yeah, we got rid of our bar stools. They're super. I always hated those things. They're so, they're cute, but they're cumbersome and uncomfortable. I think sitting on the floor is more comfortable. And if you're, and if you have bare feet and you try, there was like this, um, thin metal sheet. Yeah, they were like wrought iron yeah and stools. if you like balance your bare feet on them your feet would kill you so good riddance i'm sure people are enjoying the stimulating <laughs> conversation about bar stools right but, uh, we've got a we've got a cookbook to discuss okay let's do it welcome to tasty pages a podcast from cooking the books uh per usual we'll get a few things out of the way here uh if you go to our website www.wecookbooks.com. You'll see a store tab that will direct you to our Amazon.com affiliate link, and we've got a couple lists there, including kitchen essentials for home cooks, as well as some of our favorite cookbooks that we've featured over on the old Instagram. And if you make a purchase from either of those links, uh, we'll get a few pennies. Uh, it won't cost you anything more, and it's a great way you can show your support for the show. And get a little something in return. How's that grab you? Oh, it grabs me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, let's talk about what we're uh, kind of in the middle of working on right now. So we're finishing up from ta- Oven to Table by Diana Henry. Were we working on this when we recorded the last one? I think we were just getting ready to start it. Okay. Um, yeah, so we Not are... Not to be confused with from table to oven, which that's is, a whole other thing. Which is, I think, what I called it <laughs> last time, because I'm such a dope. Um, yeah, so we're kind of in the middle of that, and... Uh, so far, so good. Yeah, it's, we're we're liking the book. Yeah. It's, she's she's a great cookbook author. Great so. writer, too. Mm-hmm. I'm really enjoying the, the text in there. Uh, what's for dinner tonight? Ooh, we're doing a rustle-up, baby. Yep. We're getting a little British. Um, you know, wrestle up is British for Did we talk about the, the British home cook show? Yeah. I think we did. Yeah. And and rustle up is their term for leftovers. It's so cute. We use it all the time now. I, we're gonna rustle up. Yep. So our rustle up is gonna be um crispy pork belly and then we have this uh lovely leek mushroom combination thing. I think I'm gonna caramelize some onions and add that into it to heft it up and then we have some rice that is a pretty fancy rustle up <laughs> if i will say so myself i mean crispy pork belly right? for a rustle up how can you go wrong yeah yum i'm looking forward to it i can't wait maybe olive will get lucky and she'll get some like cracklins oh, or something. i'm not sharing <laughs> she'll be sitting over our shoulder yes she will <laughs> 
All right. And then uh, the show topic. This was kind of a, I think this just came about from like a drunken conversation <laughs> or something. But No, uh, we were at the grocery store. Oh, so I wasn't line. drunk. No, you were not wow. drunk. We were standing, I surprised myself sometimes. Right. See, you need me here to remember these things. I was under the mistaken impression that all my best ideas came when I was drunk. You had one <laughs> when you were sober. We were standing in line at the grocery store and there was this massive display of pinatas. And Johnny was like, ooh, let's put some beef stew in a pinata. <laughs> and that's kind of where, where our topic, if you could stuff a pinata with anything, what would you choose? Yeah. And obviously, I was kind of thinking more in terms of food items, but we got all kinds of responses right? from people. Some, and, uh, some a little bit more esoteric. Some legal, some <laughs> illegal. <laughs> so let's, let's jump into it because this was, this was kind of a fun, silly one, and, and I was enjoying the responses. Uh, you want to start? Yeah. Um, Alex R., I like his thinking. He, he said, gold coins, going to need a sturdy pinata, probably a steel cable. Yeah. But Call me when you have that party. I, I, I will be there. Yep. With, with a knapsack to put all my, my gold, gold coins. coins in. Yep. <laughs> uh, Joe B., ever the instigator, said pineapple pizza. Joe, you jerk. Yeah, he's not going to let me live that down. That, <laughs> Joe, you're not our friend anymore. That, that goes back to like a previous uh, show topic. And, and apparently he's firmly in team pineapple pizza, which Heathen. I just can't get behind. Heathen. Yep. Okay. Um, Tim H., airplane-sized bottles of booze. Tiny booze. Yes, thank you. Yeah, and please. I'll be at that party, yeah, too. Yeah, right? Just and make sure you have mixers on hand. This kind of ties everything together because uh, our friend Maggie said, once I stuffed a pinata with chocolate gold coins and mini booze bottles. Well, that just came full no circle. No pineapple pizza. No pineapple pizza. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Victor K., he said, I care not for pinatas, but a buddy of mine uh, in Austin, Texas, told me a tale of playing in a super sketchy bar in Mexico. And the owner brought out a giant Takati can pinata and the audience started freaking out like hardcore only to find that it was stuffed <laughs> stuffed with little bags of cocaine nice and he's like not saying that's what I would choose but for fuck's sake what a story I agree can you imagine the pandemonium like little I it was I bet you it was fake cocaine I don't know no it probably wasn't real <laughs> I'm calling dibs on the band name cocaine pinata there you go. Oh, yeah. hey. Yeah. That's nice. Uh, Rob C., ever the jokester, said guacamole. Can you imagine smacking into a pinata and just getting covered in a shower of guacamole? <laughs> I mean, I don't think I'd be mad. I, I don't know. <laughs> Avocado is very good for your skin. Uh, it has a lot of essential, lovely oils in it. And then uh, our friend Dean V. said uh, chicharrones. Yum. All right. I wouldn't be mad at that. <laughs> no. Oh, Olive hi, says Olive. hi. Um, Mike T said black licorice. Why not just fill it with dog poop? <laughs> <laughs> you were so much nicer than, or you you were more crass than I was yeah. because I was just gonna be like boo. Yeah. Okay. Not a, not a fan of the black licorice. <laughs> Our friend Joseph P said uh, tiny pinatas. That's kind of like the equ equivalent of like rickrolling someone, <laughs> <laughs> smack into it, and just more pinatas pop up. What are we supposed to get tiny twigs and break open these little pinatas? Yep. Um, let's see. Uh, Jamie B said, "Wisdom for all, 
Fuck I've, yes, please. Can I, we? I think that ship has sailed. It's <laughs> too late for most people. Oh my God, I know. Mm. Um, and Jack D said, kittens, if you could guarantee a way they wouldn't be hurt <laughs> when it got bashed open. <laughs> he spelled puppies wrong. <laughs> yes, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then uh, lastly, Kate W said, unicorns and rainbows. Goddamn hippie. No, no, it's cute. I can't eat unicorns and or rainbows. Well, maybe you can if you really try. Braised unicorn. (laughs) (laughs) Braised. I had a hard time picking something. What what did you pick? Did you have anything? Yes. Okay. I chose chose a vast array of edibles. Hey, Uh there you go. Right? I like that. I'm talking like gummies, cookies, little cakes. I mean, you might get a little bit of pushback from parents if it was like a children's party but uh yeah hey. we're talking adults only yeah, adult party adults With only the, it's maybe maybe a little bit of tiny booze in there as well there you go it's not mix. quite a cocaine pinata but you know whatever <laughs> okay I mean, so for go purely ahead. selfish reasons maybe i'd pick like extra toasty cheese it's or something to put in there <laughs> i could just like get get covered in a in a wave of extra toasty cheeses I, I don't know i didn't have anything because i was just like well then why would you pick this question if you don't I have i was enough- curious <laughs> to see what other people said I, I knew it would get a lot of response uh i don't know i, I like the booze idea sure yeah. so what you're saying is you're just kind of ambivalent I, about I, the whole I, thing i have no skin in the game how for rude pinatas. no it's, <laughs> I'm, I'm glad i asked people i was i was more interested in their response uh, let's dive into this book. Okay. Uh, Mosquito Supper Club. So, uh, if the title doesn't tell you, this is a, uh, Louisiana Cajun cookbook. Um, we've got a special affinity for, uh, New Orleans in particular, because that was where we celebrated our five-year wedding anniversary mm-hmm. and we renewed our vows. Shout out to Priestess, Priestess Miriam. Miriam. Yeah. Voodoo Spiritual Temple great place still around um pre-katrina if you're wondering that's how old we are (laughs) (laughs) um but it's it's such a unique place within the country uh both in uh geography cuisine customs traditions absolutely yeah it's just a magical place um and and very uh specific cuisine absolutely i mean the ingredients are the ingredients are so specific and sometimes i kind of feel like we did a, this i'll get into it later yeah. go ahead well <laughs> I, I, w- I was just going to say like it it just draws uh inspiration and influence from so many different you know there's there's african slaves there's french there's spanish uh-huh. there's native american influence so you get all these things converging to create this this cuisine and it's it's admittedly not something we're that familiar with no it's um, not but it was it was such a it was great to not only like eat some of this food but also to like read about it and and educate ourselves and learn about it and uh, there's probably no better person than this author Melissa Martin because this is this is her you know this is her life she grew up in in these parts and her her parents were were uh, 
fishing and and you know this is what she ate uh every day growing up yeah she was yeah. like we had gumbo in the fridge uh i'd eat crab in the morning and you know like as a kid i didn't realize how how like special it was to be able to eat cold crab in the morning yeah you know that's just another lifestyle yeah um, you want to talk about the dishes we made, and then we'll, yes. we'll dive into them in, in particular. Do you have anything but else? But can to say I on say it? it's yeah, it, it's it's worth noting that um, the recipes in this book were all like learned from women, passed down generationally, and this is kind of an effort to keep them from going extinct. And yes, and I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because that was a I I got that out of the book too, and I thought that was really. A, a great acknowledgement that mm-hmm. you know she said like all of these recipes were it's all learned. about the mamas and grandmas yeah um okay so let's uh i'll give a quick rundown of what we made uh we made lucian's shrimp spaghetti named after her son mm-hmm. then we did that i love that like a kid is like i want i want shrimp spaghetti yeah it's so adorable yeah um then we did fried oysters on toast Duck gumbo, smothered chicken, white beans, and lanyip. 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 It means lanyip. a little something extra. <laughs> what did you, how, what did you say? Lanyip. I, I didn't quite get the word out because I couldn't uh, pronounce it. I like it. <laughs> um, You're just making up your own pronunciations. Okay. I love it. Pr- wait, pronounce it for me. Lanyip. Lanyip. Yeah. That is so different. <laughs> <laughs> than what I, how I was pronouncing it in yeah. my head. Like even though I know how to pronounce it, the way I say it in my head is it. completely, <laughs> completely different. Word. Lanyip bread rolls. All right, so let's get started. Should we we'll, talk shrimp spaghetti? Well, you can talk shrimp spaghetti yes. because I didn't get to eat any because I cannot. Yes, as we've discussed on previous episodes, Victoria is allergic to shrimp. Wah wah. Boo. Just shrimp though, right? Yeah, although I mean, you can eat other shellfish, no problem. Although sometimes if I have other shellfish combined with wine, I think it's like a reaction between a grape, or maybe it's just a certain grape also that I'm allergic to because that happens sometimes when I drink wine too. You're just being shellfish. (laughs) (laughs) Bonus joke for the episode. It's not even joke time yet. Oh my gosh, you are getting punny with it. The comedy is nonstop in this house. Okay, good job, Balmer. Okay, so... Podcast is done. We're over. So, yeah, so because of your shrimp allergy, it's rare that we have it in the house or that we would eat it for... A meal once in a while. If we go out to eat, maybe I'll get it, or mm-hmm. maybe you know, like we've been places where you know dinner party where they've got like shrimp cocktail or something like that. And I'll I'll indulge. But what we've been doing um, somewhat recently is like a surf and turf night where you'll do turf. I'll do a, I'll do a nice big old sous vide steak, yep, which you're a big fan of. I'm kind of indifferent about about the turf. But I love the surf, and I've been leaning into that, and, and it's been kind of fun to try different recipes, this being one of them. I did uh, the the shrimp recipe from Nick Sharma's most recent book mm-hmm. a couple times. That was great. Um, you this, did something from Lazarus Lynch's book. Yes, yeah. So, I mean, this this was great. Um, one thing you'll, you'll see from the dishes we made and most of the recipes in this book is that uh, onions, celery... 
bell pepper and tomatoes. The onion, celery, and bell pepper is what's known as the holy trinity. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of ubiquitous in Cajun cooking. It's it's like um, mirepoix for French cooking. There you go. Um, so, yeah, it contains that. There's a hint of sugar um, in the tomato sauce for just a little bit of sweetness. Um, and then there's some black pepper, cayenne, and hot sauce. And, of course, you know, you've got to use the Louisiana hot sauce in this part of the country. Of course. Um, and then uh, finished with a little bit of parsley, green onion, and parmesan, which kind of... How how was the cooking? I wasn't. I totally wasn't paying attention to when you were making this. How was the cooking time on like the sauce? Was it a little bit longer? I don't recall. I don't think it was super long. Okay. And then of course the shrimp takes no time yeah, at all. Yeah. Right. Cook. But like, what I was what I was so impressed by is like I I've had this belief for a long time that you know seafood and cheese should never meet and this this was a good dish with the parmesan finished on top so. I'm 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 coming around. I've 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 reconsidered my my stance on this. Yeah, I don't know. You didn't try it. You well, don't know. Okay, okay. <laughs> Fair point. Fair point. No, it was it was good. And and this is this was a recipe that I would definitely make again. Um yeah. I mean, the, the one thing that we kind of ran into a lot with this particular book is like some of the ingredients are a little tough to source here in mm-hmm. Chicago and and you're kind of limited. You don't have a lot of fresh options. So in the case of the shrimp, we just bought frozen, which, you know, I guess is fine. Well, there's actually a little thing, a little part in the book where she talks about, like, what a blessing frozen frozen shrimp is. Because during the down season, you know, it's not as plentiful. But if you catch it and you freeze it, you'll Mm -hmm. have it all year round. And there is no shame. There is no shame in, like, going and buying a bag of frozen shrimp. Nope. You know, especially when you when you seafood in general, like when you get the flash frozen frozen stuff. Flash frozen. Say that five times. (laughs) Um, There's there's no disadvantage to buying. I feel like it holds it. it, You know, it holds it in its integrity just because of the way it's frozen. Um, What were we? I uh, know. Uh, never mind. You're I'm probably not... thinking of Clarence Birdseye. Yes. Okay. Never mind. <laughs> if you if you haven't checked out the um, the food that made America. There you go. I was trying to remember History the name. History Channel. And there is an entire episode about Birdseye. You know, of frozen vegetable fame. But he really did, with the help of um, what was her name? Post was it? Marjorie Post, I believe. Yes. Margaret Post. One of the two. Yeah. Uh, Something like that. She was uh, an early like investor or I guess owner of the company, but she really took that concept of refrigeration and freezing food and transporting it safely to the to a new level. And they they were innovators and developed a lot of the techniques that are still used today. Well, yeah, he had all the ideas and she saw that and she's like, I can do this on a mass scale. And all the patents, which is where the real money <gasps> right? is. And that's why, you know, this is like back in the day in the early 1900s, she paid like the industrial revolution. Do- yeah, yeah. She paid like millions of dollars for, you know, the share of the company so that she could, you know, Get all these those patents, patents and, and run with it, and it was in a, in a you know it was like for technology and stuff. Yeah. But but she did keep bird's eye on as as, as a, the consultant or yeah. the CEO. Yeah, 
really interesting stuff. But yeah, so that's where I mean, a lot of that stuff dates back to that time. And, um, you know, when you think about before that, like how they would transport fresh seafood to other parts of the country. And uh, it it was probably a very laborious process. Yeah. uh, Fraught with disaster. (laughs) I'm sure they had to throw a lot of stuff out. Uh, Anything more about the shrimp? Nope. It was good. I liked it. And, I, and I'm, I've kind of been anything more these. about the shrimp. I didn't cook it, nope. eat it, nothing. Well, let me tell you something. Let it me give you my, let me give you my opinions yep. on this shrimp. <laughs> but I've, I've been enjoying those surf and turf nights. Um, okay. Love you. <laughs> <laughs> You're awesome. You're such a dodo. Okay. Um, so, okay. This next thing that the next dish that we did. It was a misstep. It was a misstep. And a lot of it was like our fault yes because we tried to get cute <laughs> um so it was fried oysters on toast um yes obviously we use fresh oysters yes um that said i feel like the selection and the quality is still kind of lacking yeah. here in chicago um also i hate 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 shucking oysters yep. i had to do it at a restaurant job and it's really not one of my favorite things to do so then um, instead of uh, just actually frying the oysters, we did them in the air fryer. Wah, wah. It, they didn't get a great color. Yeah. In hindsight, probably should have just fried them. We were trying to, you know, overthink it and keep things healthy. And yeah. it probably was like this the is wrong not direction. OK. Let me just say Cajun Bayou food is not not the cuisine that you look at to be healthy. Yeah. And nor do we eat a lot, admittedly, because yeah. it's just, you know, some of this stuff is just not really available. The cooking times are generally a little longer mm-hmm. because that's how you build up the the depth of flavor. So this is not, you know, typically something you would just throw together on a weeknight. Yeah. <laughs> um we'll have more about that in a second because I I do have some some thoughts about that. Um But anyway, like the oysters were like breaded in a cornmeal crust. We fried them up, put them on a... Was that your homemade bread? It was. And then rather than make the homemade mayonnaise, which we were still kind of reeling from our previous attempt at doing so, <laughs> which was all these All these months, we, like, we have PTSD from, yes. from our failed mayo attempt. We, we just reached for we're the just like, no. stuff. Uh, and then I think it recommended like full-size tomatoes, which at the time we worked from this book just weren't really available. Mm-mm. So we just did the cherry tomatoes. And that's something like, don't be afraid to substitute something that, you know, is the same, but might be a better alternative. So in the case of, you know, the this, it was like the cherry tomatoes were much better looking than any yeah. like, store-bought pallid tomatoes we could get at the time. Um, and then it was finished with like some pickles and microgreens, mm-hmm. um, a, and the, the oysters got a dredging of cornmeal, black pepper and cayenne. So a little bit of heat to them. Um, it just wasn't very good. I mean, yeah. I don't even know. We didn't finish it. I don't think. No. Or we picked the oysters off maybe. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so we were just eating mayonnaise toast <laughs> with microgreens so on gross. it. Gross. Yuck. Yeah, and it's admittedly it's no fault of the recipe. I'm sure if you're in Louisiana and you have access to like really fresh oysters and you follow the recipe and try not to get cute air frying, <laughs> it's probably fine. Yeah. So I, I feel it's unfair to maybe judge this no, recipe I, because I, absolutely not. We took a few detours. We did. Sometimes we do that. We're trying Some, to get cute. Sometimes it's great. Sometimes, nah. 
not so great. Let's talk duck gumbo. Oh, can we please? That was successful oh, and delicious. Yum. So basically you buy a whole duck, break it down, render the fat. Um, and Olive was a benefic- beneficiary of this because nice. she got some of the little duck skin cracklings. Um, One thing that's probably worth noting, and I think we might have talked about this on previous episodes, but the difference in price between a whole duck, frozen duck, and just getting a couple duck legs or duck breasts is... It's like $4. Yeah. You can buy a whole duck. Yeah. So if if you're not afraid to fabricate the duck and break it down, you get so much more yield and and so much more for your money than just buying a couple of, you know, prepackaged duck breasts. Absolutely. So like and and you get the benefit of having the carcass that you can then make some like duck stock mm-hmm. with, which is delicious. Mm-hmm. So uh consider that if you if you have that option available to yes. you. Yes. And that rendered fat is used to make a dark roux, which I have not made. I've not made a dark roux since I was in culinary school. Yeah, you were on you were on roux duty for it, this meal. It took a very very long time, which I knew going into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that is also what makes this dish so special. Like. The depth of flavor that you get with something that takes this long is, yeah. it, it's unbelievable. The Holy Trinity made an appearance. The Holy Trinity <laughs> did make an appearance. Um, yeah, so you make your roux and then you uh, throw in your Holy Trinity and um, you simmer the duck meat till it's falling off the bone. And then it gets... Served atop a a bowl of rice. Mm -hmm. This was a great dish. One of my favorites from the book. It was so good. And then after that, we have smothered chicken. I think between those two, it was a tie for me. Yeah, I agree. Um, I mean, this the smothered chicken does take over two hours to make. So again, not something you'd probably throw together if time was was short for you. Right. Uh, a lot of these recipes, I feel like, are, are more like weekend activities or special occasions, but your efforts will be rewarded because oh. was, this was another standout dish for me. Yeah, it's like you sear the chicken um, and then you make it nice and cozy in a bed of onions. And this was a whole chicken, if I remember correctly. You just break it down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so you get all the pieces in there. And you cook it till it's falling off the bone. Hopefully, you'll have some giblets in there that you can use for, like, your dog or some gravy or something. Mm-hmm. But I just remember, like, taking the first fork full of this and just being like, holy shit, this is everything. Yep. It was the so good. I agree. And, and they were kind of similar dishes in, in preparation, maybe aside from the roux that you make for the duck, but um, both. It's just those low and slow. Good. Yeah. 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 It, it, it's so worth it. Like, oh. Mm. Hey, Victoria. Hey, yeah. We need to eat more beans. They make you toot. <laughs> <laughs> Boys don't toot. Girls don't toot. Actually, I rip ass and I'm, <laughs> I will. <laughs> 
I will gladly too much, admit Too much it. information That's for the okay. listeners. I'm still uh, cute. <laughs> <laughs> you are cute. Um, next dish we made is white beans. Um, they don't get a lot of love in our house, admittedly, which is a shame. And we have no good reason or excuse. Um, we See, just need to revisit it. Here's my thing is I... I have this thing against red beans. I don't know. Like, I don't like kidney beans or whatever. And so that's what I think of when I think of beans because it, it, uh, I have bean prejudice. Oh. I'm a bean bigot. Oh, I yeah, see. Man. <laughs> Little did I know. This I changes li- everything. I like the black, I like black beans and white beans. Um, Yeah. But anyway, interesting. <laughs> Whoa, um, bean bigot. Bean bigot. <laughs> <laughs> so we chose white beans for this. I, we, I believe the can were the cannellinis or northern. Needless to say, Greek. we don't make uh, chili with beans. It's no, always, we don't. It's always a bean-free chili. Isn't that like Texas-style chili? I think so. Make? Okay, yeah. yeah. No beans do not belong in my. Yeah, chili. so this I think we ended up using like I think they're sometimes called Great Northern beans okay. or like white beans. Yeah, they might be referred to. And then you're supposed to use salt pork per it's, the recipe. It's hard to come by. It it kind of is. I know there's a few places we have it. It just depends on which grocery store we go to. But pork belly to the rescue. Absolutely. I wasn't complaining about that. Good old pork belly. Yep. Um. Holy Trinity once yes. again. And it gets, obviously, it simmers for a long time. And the beans were, like, so lovely and creamy. Mm -hmm. And then there was, like, the nice little bit of porkiness. Yep. Uh, They get, uh, we garnished them with some green onion, I believe. Mm -hmm. And and they get served with some rice. Mm Mm-hmm. And Delicious. prior to serving, you smash some of them like yes. with a spoon kind of against the side of the Dutch oven. I and forgot s- and, to mention and that. And so they're, you know, they're they're cooked, they're soft, they're they're, you know, so you can kind of just like mash them up against the side. So you get like these but you leave some hole. Yeah. So then you've got this nice dual texture. It makes thing it nice and on. creamy. It's like, a little thing, but it, it really like makes the dish. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, consider this our gateway into eating more beans. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> this meeting is adjourned. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then lastly, you want to pronounce it again? Lanyard? Yep. Bread rolls. Yep. <laughs> I did it. Yes. You learned a new word. I th- I Pull out the Scrabble board. <laughs> I, ooh, there Lanyard. we go. <laughs> ooh, I bet that'd be a high scoring word. Um, these were some versatile rolls. I'm, and I'm sure, you know, like everyone's grandmother probably has some kind of dinner roll recipe that they bust out. Um, they're very easy to make. Mm-hmm. Um, Secret ingredient. Yeah. And Lard. I mean, for all these dishes we made, they were like the perfect companion for like soaking up some of that liquid mm-hmm. and, 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 and sauce. And uh, you know what the secret ingredient is? I just said it yep. was lard. Yep. <laughs> did you not listen No, to I me? did. <laughs> lard. Grandma's favorite. <laughs> we keep some in our pantry. We sure do. I, f- I feel like lard has kind of fallen out of favor. It has. But I'll tell you what, it makes the best pie crust. There is no substitute. Mm-hmm. Makes great biscuits. Don't be afraid of the Don't lard. Don't be afraid. Embrace the lard. I know it's not the most healthy, but if you're going to go for it, then you should really go for it. Yep. Uh, there's a little bit of honey in this recipe, so it adds a touch of sweetness. And then um, they get sprinkled with a little bit of smoked, flaky sea salt. Um, 
Um, Yum. They also freeze quite well. Mm -hmm. So uh, we we did that, and then were these a microwave reheat or an oven? I reheat? think so. I think a microwave. Yes. Yeah. We've we've kind of discovered with bread products that we freeze. Like some of them are better left uh, heating reheating in the oven. Some are better putting in the microwave. I think like hand pies and stuff. Like stuffed breads yes. are better in the oven, yes. but if you're doing rolls and stuff, they're better in the microwave. Agreed. Um, so that was it. I mean, this was this was a great book to cook from. Um, it's packed with a lot of like extra information. Mm -hmm, and, absolutely. And, and, you know, I learned a lot. There's a lot of it's a great read in addition to cooking from the recipes. Um there's a lot of stuff that I felt like we just couldn't do because of time constraints or maybe like just sourcing the ingredients. Um, I know there's a there was a section in the back of the book, like a resource section where she did provide some uh, like online resources for ordering some of these specialty mm -hmm. items. So that's an option. But, uh, you know, I, I still have no complaints about what we what we made oyster fried oyster toast aside <laughs> yeah up here in like the landlocked states you just kind of well i guess we're not really landlocked because we have a big lake but anyway you you can't really get crawfish here no so <laughs> you say crayfish or crawfish crawfish i used to say crayfish but i like crawfish better so now that's what i say because because like a lot of time because you call them crawdads not crayfish. Do, when you were in school, did you ever get like pet crayfish? No, I had a pet bat though. Oh, okay. <laughs> we didn't have bats, but I I specifically well, remember elementary school getting like crayfish that they kept in like a wading pool. Oh, and then we we marked them with nail polish to identify like which one was which, <laughs> which is like sounds incredibly cruel and terrible now, but that's what we did. Um, yeah, huh. and I, I remember catching them too, like. My friends and I, when we were like in, you know, elementary school age, we would go to were like you ditch this, fishing. Yeah. Like it was Ew. like this like <laughs> viaduct, like drainage ditch. It's disgusting to even think about nowadays. But we would like be rooting around down there. We'd ride our like Schwinn uh, bikes with the banana seat and the big handlebars like to the to the little. Wait, like, so they were ditch. actually crayfish? Yeah. And okay. we would and we would catch them and, and then we'd bring them over to my friend Ryan's house and. Uh, put them in a wading pool, and and they probably died shortly after that. <laughs> unfortunately, how kind of yeah, you! You're just little, you're just little shitheads, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's discuss our rankings for this beautiful book. Um, before we do that, per usual, we'll uh, we'll refer to the most critical Amazon reviews. There was a couple I found. I I thought they were kind of humorous, so I I included them. Okay. Um, do you want to? You want to read the first one? Sure. This is from Judith. You want to do it in the Cajun accent? <laughs> no, I do not. I cannot do a Cajun accent. Okay. Proceed. <laughs> I, I don't even want to try because I would look like a giant asshole. <laughs> Here's what Judith had to say. <laughs> onion cookbook. These recipes call for so many onions that they are measured in pounds. Not for those of us who find onions disagreeable. I will give her that. No. Uh, glad I borrowed this from the library. Didn't find even one recipe I wanted to try. Wow. We actually cooked from an onion cookbook. We did. <laughs> Onions, etc. Yeah. Go back in our Instagram feed and check that out. That was a great book. And it, it was like all of the... Allium family. Yes. Yep. Onions, green onions, garlic. So 
Yeah. Judith, Leaks. I'm sorry that you find onions but, disagreeable. But I do get her point because Absolutely. Like, you know. Absolutely. Our uh, the amount of onions, green pepper and uh celery that we had to buy for this project yes was was off the charts right um and then uh mr moskowitz i believe uh said uh two out of five stars i can't even do a cajun accent no, so no I don't, don't try. try nothing special in this book to me i'll tell you what no <laughs> i like the introduction to this book reading about the geography of south louisiana i thought i would try shrimp jambalaya as my first dish First, you have to cook the onions in half a cup of oil for an hour and a half. There's a fine line between burning them and the length of time cooking them to make them very brown, like dark chocolate. For me, this was an endeavor I would not repeat, as the onions did not stand out in any particular way. Oh, but you are so wrong. And he said, uh, while the dish came out okay, it definitely wasn't amazing by any stretch, and the time it took to complete was very long. The picture of the dish leaves a lot to be desired. We'll talk about that in a second. <laughs> and overall, I would not make this recipe again. I then look through the book for other recipes worth trying, and nothing really stands out. Maybe I'm just jaded from the first dish. This book will end up in the trash, unfortunately. Wow, so this guy doesn't like a book, and he just throws it in the right? trash. Right? You don't want to just give it to someone who wow. you think might appreciate it? Harsh. Yeah. Uh, I get. I get. The long cooking times. Yeah, I get I th- it. I it, think that's a fair critique, but it, there's something that I that appeals to that of, of for me, and and I and I appreciate that. I mean, it's not the type of cooking I want to do every day. But no, but it's worth it because yeah. it really is like it's a flavored developer, and it and you can you can totally tell like absolutely it makes all the difference. So I mean. Cool. I yeah. guess it's not it's not your jam. Yep. All right. That's okay. Let's let's talk about our rankings. Yeah, food this. photography and styling. I'm I'm okay over here. What are you I'm just dying. <laughs> was that a hiccup or a burp? It was kind of in between. <laughs> <laughs> this so, cocktail that we're drinking. What 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 did you make? Oh, I just made a Moscow mule. Hmm. No, I did not make a Moscow meal. What am What am I talking? I was going to say it doesn't taste. No, like that, I. Do. <laughs> I do taste ginger beer. Yeah, it's a bourbon ginger beer. Oh, it's a bourbon mule. Yeah, you made up your own thing. <laughs> Go you. Uh, food photography and styling. What'd you have for that? Um, I gave it a four. Okay, and here's the thing. I don't feel like the photography was really stylized or styled. Um but it works for me. I th- th- and the, the, the f- photographer, by the way, is Denny Colbert, mm-hmm. um, who we follow on Instagram. He's actually got a really great feed. And I, I love his photography. And yes. we've done other books that he has been a part of. Mm-hmm. Probably the, the New Orleans cookbook that we did a while back. I'd have to... Go, back go double, double check, check. Yeah. but yeah. So I mean, he's he's been a photographer for other books, and I I like his style. Yeah, like his aesthetic. I feel like um, I feel like a great reverence was paid to the ingredients mm-hmm. with all the shots of the fresh seafood, and it was yes. just beautiful. Like, and I'm glad you mentioned that. Yes, because that stood out for me as well. And then also there were. 
there was a lot of photographs of, you know, uh, fishing and like the just uh, boats and like life on the boats. And um, I always call that like travel photography or lifestyle. Human human interest. Yeah. Um, And there were quite a few step by steps, which are very. Mm -hmm. I mean, do you want to try and um, read the instructions on how to break down a crab or would you rather actually see it? Right. You know, so how to peel shrimp, how to peel shrimp, how how to eat crab. Mm hmm. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And. Yeah, I gave it a four. It just, it, it, I liked it a lot. Yes. I mean, that sounds really simplistic to say. I, I I really did feel like the photography did a great service to the whole like community of what they're trying mm-hmm. to talk about. And she mentioned in the acknowledgments that she brought denny to her hometown that she grew up uh, i think it was shelvin mm-hmm. louisiana and she really wanted to capture like the the mood and the feel of of this place and and the people and she really kind of immersed herself back into that you know like yeah. from her from her childhood and and and, and kind of introduce him to that and and it, it worked and here's the thing a lot of that food, I feel like, is very hard to get, like... Brown food. Yeah. It's hard to make a beautiful photograph. Yeah. But, and... And they succeeded. There there was there was one photo that was literally a bunch of butter melting into a pot. And it was just gorgeous to me. Mm-hmm. Simple, beautiful, and it tells you, kind of like, this is how we do our food. And... At the beginning, the the chapters are divided up into like shrimp, crab, oysters. I was going to talk about that for the design. Right. And it, and it kind of ties in with that. But the one thing I wanted to point out was like at the beginning of each chapter, there's a double page kind of overlay, like large photo. And the one that stuck out for me in particular was the, the crawfish one because uh, it's like this two page spread that, you know, you open up the book and it's there and it's like this beautiful like almost like a crawfish boil thing so they've got like all these cooked crawfish like dumped out on this newspaper with like corn on the cob and and it just like it takes you right there like i can practically like smell it and Mm -hmm. hear some music playing in the background and maybe maybe there'll be a rat running around with a crab (laughs) crab leg in its mouth you know i could just picture it being like super hot and 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 like you know hanging out with good people and like just devouring everyone's eating getting messy yeah yeah but there's a lot of photos within the book that kind of like evoke that and and just really transport you to it it was nicely done Mm -hmm. um i gave it a four as well okay and i think you touched on everything that i had in my notes too you know because i realized like it's a real challenge as we know from doing it to photograph uh what i call brown food yeah like how do you uh, make smothered it. chicken look great? How yeah. do you make a pot of du- I mean, I think I did an okay job, but uh, you know, like yeah, that kind of stuff is hard to make. And because we look featured good. this on our Instagram, we ran up against the same challenge. It's yeah. like, you know, how do you take these dishes and make them look, you know, kind of drool worthy? I mean, they are drool worthy, like, but yeah. how do you Yeah. Yeah. 
So yeah, uh, great job. And then uh, God, design we're saying and layout. yeah a lot. What the what the deuce? Mm. Okay. All right, design you, and layout. Yeah, what'd you have for that? I gave it four. Okay. Um, and like you had mentioned previously, I really love that rather than just do like a blanket seafood section, they really do pay special attention to those ingredients because there is a section for shrimp, a section for crab, oyster, and then fish. Yep. And within that, there's like stories and information, you know, like in the shrimp section, there's... There's a, a story about how the blessing of the fleet at the beginning of the season happens, and like I know nothing about shrimping. Yeah, or and like and farming oysters or anything. Yeah, and with that, like the patois of like shrimping, like the pat, you know, like the secret language language of shrimping, yeah. and um, uh, geez, I'm just losing my mind right now my dad was like a truck driver that's my f- point of reference i don't know anything <laughs> about fishing <laughs> shrimping that's all foreign to me yeah um but also there uh, you know and there were also within there there were like step-by-step uh sections mm-hmm. teaching you how to do it mm-hmm. um there's also like a larder section what you need to have cajun larder cajun larder there's um a section of uh ingredient procurement mm-hmm. um yeah it, i loved i love that the fact that this was a cookbook with really great recipes but then there was a whole lot of information yes. and stories and history jammed in there. Well, and I think her goal, at least partially, was to document mm-hmm. this and because to share it. Because it's disappearing. Yes. So even global warming. Even the land that that she grew up on um, is not what it once was. And it and global warming is one factor. Uh, Overfishing, the, the oil industry, mm-hmm. and their negligence, and then just the government's lack of interest or response to all of these challenges yeah. contributes to it. So, I mean, it was a really fascinating read. And and if you if you're the type that likes to not only like cook from a cookbook, but kind of like learn about where you're cooking from yes like this was this was a great education for i guess both of us it sounds like you know um what else can we say about the design and layout did i mention i gave it a four or two you did not yes i don't think you did i gave it a four as well okay um but i think you covered everything i I did appreciate how the book was divided up with the with the trap with the chapters there's not a ton of like extra information in the book other than like what we have covered already um yeah yeah what'd you have for degree of difficulty what did you have for degree of difficulty i gave it a three okay i think time is the key for successfully executing many of these dishes Mm -hmm. um some ingredients could be a challenge to source or Mm -hmm. expensive depending Mm -hmm. on where you live we kind of ran up against that Mm -hmm. here in chicago um, although, you know, we did mention that they do give resources for procuring some of this stuff online. I think the degree of difficulty really varies depending on the recipe. I agree. I mean, there were things that had three ingredients in the list and then there's something that has 20 ingredients. Yeah. And I felt like we chose kind of a good mix of stuff. 
you know, the, the oyster fried oyster toy to, <laughs> fried oyster toast. Say that a bunch of times. Um, was was fine. Yeah. Um, easy to make. Uh, but some of these other dishes, maybe there wasn't a lot of hands-on time that was involved, but it was definitely like you had, you, there was a lot of simmering and cooking time. So. Yes. Uh, well, and, and some, you know, for some of the recipes, it is like standing at the stove time. Right. Like there is no, we're going to put this, uh, like, f- f- you know, for any of the dishes where you're making a roux, like even just um, like a medium roux. It still takes a it still takes a goodly amount. And there's of no time. rushing it. No, there is no rushing it. <laughs> no um, shortcuts. Otherwise, you end up with like shitty burnt roux, yes. and no one wants that. Um, I also feel like working with some of those ingredients, like if you've never like cooked a crab or taken apart a crab, it can before, be intimidating. It can be very scary. I yeah. mean, I. I and I super appreciate that they did the whole step by step thing. Mm-hmm. Um but oh I gave it a two point five. Okay. Um and Fair. I do I do think that like the while the recipes are not, you know, like not super complicated, they do take a lot of time. Yes. And I think that can be a deterrent. But it is so worth it. We didn't make a gumbo. I feel like we should have made did, a gumbo. We did we absolutely did make a gumbo. We oh, made the duck, duck gumbo. gumbo. Yeah. I guess it was called a gumbo. <laughs> All right. Taste. I gave it a four. You did. I gave yeah. it a five. Well, I, minor misstep with the fried oyster toast. And that was admittedly not uh, a fault of the recipe, but it definitely was not something that <laughs> either of us really enjoyed. Uh, I feel like some of these dishes could have been even better. Or maybe maybe we would have made different things if we had access to absolutely absolutely so, yeah I mean I, I four I didn't I didn't I didn't dislike most of what we made um, I thought they were successful dishes um, yeah it's not the type of diet that we normally eat no so maybe it's that not. was my thing is like and eating all of that kind of food in one week in a week straight it's very for rich. Us. I guess it's not necessarily like unhealthy because it's not like you're eating a bunch of fried food. Well, but it does it does use a lot of you know butter and lard. (laughs) Yeah. Would you give it? Uh, I gave it a five. Okay. And and here's the thing: when when your ass is parked in front of a stove for like half an hour making of making a roux, it better be good. It better be good. And when you taste it, like just. Putting in that work and then having something be so delicious, mm-hmm. it's, yeah, I gave it five. Great. I loved it. Um, okay. <laughs> so anyway, if you enjoyed the show, please rank and review it. Uh, you can follow us on social media. Our Instagram is at we underscore cook underscore books. And our Facebook is at we cook books. Awesome. You know what time it is. Oh, make me laugh. I got a good one. Okay. They give out Oscars for, for comedy. Well, last week your jokes were pretty uh, not great. Oh, so. they were. I, I I gave you the choice. I had like eight to pick from. You, just, you just picked bad ones. Oh, sure. It's your fault. Okay. Um, this it's one's always great. my fault. And it's and it's seafood related. So it's, oh, it's, very, oh, it's okay. very, very on brand, as they say. Uh, a man walks into a seafood restaurant carrying a fish under his arm. And he approaches the owner of the restaurant and says, uh, does your restaurant serve fish cakes? 
And the owner responds, yes, of course. And the man says, good, because it's his it's birthday. It's his birthday. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that one coming from a mile away, but it's Ooh. cute. Yeah, right? <laughs> I liked it. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. All right. Have a great week. Bye. Keep on cooking. Thank you.